It absolutely wasn't. Dude, you should read what he has to say about all the shit that they made him change on Cool World. It makes you upset that he's been trying his whole career to actually do what he wants. And when he can finally do that, he just doesn't have enough money to make it perfect. We want less Tolkien, more Fritz the Cat. And that's how we got wizards. And less nine lives of Fritz the Cat. I love that, man. The whole movie, it's like wizards fighting each other with magic. And then at the end, he's like, well, what do you want? And he's like, I want my mother back, you son of a bitch. He just pulls out a gun and shoots him. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. And if you think (laughs) 80s punk rock is highly overrated, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. We're talking about Sam Hain, ladies and gentlemen. So what, let me guess, you prefer the uh, 2000s pop punk? I'm a fan of punk rock in all of its forms. <laughs> I just think that a lot of people are obsessed with the 80s version of punk rock. Joe's sitting there like, Dan, this doesn't sound anything like Simple Plan. It sounds <laughs> a hell of a lot like The Misfits, though. Yeah, it pretty much is. So in case you guys didn't know, Sam Hain is a band that existed between The Misfits and Danzig. Yeah, there's actually... Uh, Pretty large percentage uh, carryover member wise from Sam Hain to Danzig. Right. Well, I think the idea was that they wanted Glenn Danzig to have his name on the brand so that he would never have to rebrand again, which makes total sense. The guy was a really popular dude. Still I is. I don't personally understand why that is, but. Well, I like the mystique and the persona more than I like his voice. He needs to shut the fuck up if you ask me. Right, but he's a singer. What does he do during the shows? Just pour blood all over his face and Hell yeah, dude. His stage presence is great, but I just don't want to listen to the dude sing because he can't sing. I can't sing. Yeah, but you can at least scream. This guy just goes... You should hear me sing when I'm drunk. Yeah, probably sounds better than Danzig. This is not to be confused with the black metal band Sam Hain, which is significantly better than this. Yes. But before we start talking about bands that are significantly better than this, I want to take some time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at DiscussMetal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. We like them because they make us feel good. They make us feel like we're important somehow. I realize it's all an illusion, but all that stuff I read on digital media, I believe. And one thing I believe strongly in is recommendations. See, highly rated podcasts get recommended to listeners that haven't heard you yet. Therefore... If you review us and rate us, then we'll actually get recommended by these algorithms that pick up podcasts. Some people that haven't heard us might actually get a chance to hear us. So leave us a review. Leave us whatever review you think we deserve, and we massively appreciate it. Yeah, you can say Jeff sucks and Dan's awesome. We'd love to hear that. That is recommended. <laughs> if you need if you need us to make you like a stencil <laughs> on how to write a review, that's a great way to start it. And we had a comment on Facebook regarding our Cannibal Corpse episode. Is it as long as the Cannibal Corpse episode? It's going to be longer than this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's for damn sure. Steve Savage writes, holy shit. The Steve Savage. From Metal Nexus. Yes. Wow. Just started getting into this podcast and I'm ripping my hair out listening to this and I'm bald. 
Obviously, <laughs> everyone has a right to their own opinion, but the bleeding and tomb of the mutilated are not good. What? How is tomb a one-hit wonder album? Songs like Necropedophile and Beyond the Cemetery are unbelievably brutal and heavy with some of the sickest riffs ever for their time. And no mention of the drumming in that album? Listen to the fills that man was playing. Jesus Christ. I don't know why you got to bring Jesus into it. And that album sounded more brutal than 90% of all metal at that time, all while playing in standard E tuning. I think you guys really missed the ball hard on that one. And same goes for the bleeding. Lyrically, you can actually understand Barnes. Okay. <laughs> one of the complaints on their earlier stuff, which makes it even more sick and twisted. Not to mention the groove and bass playing on that record are off the charts. If you, as a metal fan, can listen to the pickaxe murders loud as fuck and tell me the song doesn't make you want to bash skulls in, then I don't know what to tell you. Anyways, enjoying the podcast in general, but oh my god, this discussion is killing me. I would recommend that uh, Steve go listen to our Living Sacrifice episode. And I think that it explains a lot, at least in my perspective, on why I just couldn't tolerate anything with Barnes on it. Well, I think that nostalgia plays a large part in people's appreciation of Cannibal Corpse. Oh, yeah. Well, you it's know, the same thing with your with Early Living Sacrifice, too. You know, and I talked to Steve privately after this. I think it's nostalgia talking, number one. And two, we machine gunned through all of these albums not coming from a place of nostalgia like there were older albums that we were familiar with like butchered at birth and uh eaten back to life those were the first ones that i'd heard but i didn't move on i didn't grow up loving cannibal corpse so a lot of it was new to me especially the later stuff yeah like the only thing that really as i said on the podcast that i got into back in the day was gallery of suicide that that was really the only thing and it, and it just i never really expanded beyond that uh, for the most part back then so like dan said you know we we literally it was like a shotgun of, of a bunch of beers and it and the first four beers were the shittiest well they were really old and had expired yes and, exactly you know they were kind of danky <laughs> the only way i can really explain it but you know again this is just our opinion i mean it's correct if i didn't think it was correct it wouldn't be my opinion but i digress Thanks for listening to the podcast, Steve. We love you. Yeah, even if you love the first four albums. <laughs> He's not the only one, man. I've oh, I know. I know. I know for a fact that on a lot of those early ones, we are in the minority. Me and Steven Cerro kind of got into it uh, about it on Messenger <laughs> as well. So, How'd that work out for you? Uh, it's fine. I love Steven. Steven loves me. He gave me a hug. I gave him a hug. We kissed, you know. And made up. We snuggled. Ooh, spooning. That's it, the best. It was wonderful. Who got the spoon? Who? Oh, well, I mean, I always do the spooning. Okay, good. He is a beautiful man, so it makes sense. Check out our debut album coming out in a couple weeks called The Spooning. <laughs> so, Dan, tell me about Sam Hain. As I had stated earlier, Sam Hain was kind of the glue that held Danzig and the Misfits together. It was like the band that Glenn Danzig went to do after leaving the Misfits. And I wish I could just end the discussion right there cat out of the bag i am not a fan of glenn danzig i don't really like the way he sounds i think his lyrics are kind of cool and a <laughs> i'm gonna go read this to my high school english teacher and turn it in as a paper and everybody's gonna think i'm the fucking most punk rock motherfucker out there and maybe you are but glenn danzig in my opinion is not you think he's a poser no i don't think he's a poser i think lifestyle wise he's right in the pocket 
I totally understand why people like Glenn Danzig, but I just can't really appreciate it myself. And listening to this Samhain discography, which is really about three albums and an EP, there's not really even a whole lot of material to go over, but it was still painful to listen to. You see, I will have to disagree on that a little bit. I actually didn't mind the first two albums because it didn't have that uh, quite as much Glenn squeakiness at the end of the every you know syllable that he says that drives me nuts. You picked up on that too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't fucking... That's the biggest reason why I can't stand you know, Glenn Danzig is his vocal stylings drive me insane. But musically, the first two albums, I really fucking dug. I actually liked it quite a bit. And his voice wasn't so off-putting that I couldn't not focus on, on the music. So I actually... Uh, for understanding that I was kind of, you know, in a, you know, time capsule. I actually kind of dug the first two albums, to be truthful. This style of punk is classic. This is your underground London 1979 oi punk, I think is what it was called. Jeff, you were there, right? Yes, I was alive then. Thank you very much. <laughs> Barely, but I was still alive. Call yeah, it what he you was want. on life support. He was in his late 70s. But, uh, <laughs> thanks you. to advances in medical research, Jeff is still with us. No, I just, he made a huge I just, comeback. No, I just went to Transylvania. Even better. Call it what you want. Three-chord punk, underground punk, new wave, real punk. I've heard new wave and punk be used interchangeably. Uh, it shouldn't be. It never should be. I thought new wave was more like pop. Exactly. Understand, I'm a guy that knows a lot about thrash metal and death metal and grindcore, so a lot of these terms you guys are throwing out are like, okay. Well, New Wave is very synthy. That's probably the best way to put it. Tons and tons of synth in most New Wave. The point that I'm trying to make is you like this if you listen to the Ramones or if you listen to Black Flag, Henry Rollins, The Misfits. This is your fucking jam. Danzig. And I love that music. I love listening to that music. I love the Sex Pistols. I love listening to Anti-Nowhere League. Thank you, James Hetfield, for introducing me to that band. But I have to be in a certain mindset to want to listen to it. And this first record satisfies the I want to listen to a band performing live. And yes, I know they're recording in a studio. The drums sound like they were recorded in a decent sound room with a little bit of reverb thrown on. It was the 80s. But you can clearly tell that Glenn is just singing into a microphone. So that Steve Albini, I want to record a band and make it sound like what it would sound like if they were playing live. This is kind of an actual version of that. It sounds to me like they're playing in a shitty club. I wish I was at that shitty club because I think I'd be having a hell of a good time. I don't know if I would or not. It would depend on how much I drank. Well, I'm telling you, like, his stage presence would change your mind. It's one of those kind of things. We've talked about that before. Like, you see somebody live, and it will change your opinion. Danzig, meaning Glenn Danzig, is one of those individuals that I think that he just oozes creepy charisma while he's up on stage and makes you want to, you know, be more interested in it. And that was what did it, you know, back then was the... His charisma and his stage presence and the word of mouth, because it's not like the internet existed back then. And wasn't punk rock all about the front man? Yeah. And he, even though the dude can't fucking sing to save his life, he's a hell of a front man. I hate the guitar tone a lot. I hate the 80s punk rock guitar tone. I just hate it. 
Unless it sounds like fucking Napalm Death, I'm not into it. Especially from that time period. The aggression that is supposed to be in punk, I don't hear on this record. It definitely sounds more like a broody, like death rock kind of thing. That's because that's what it's supposed to be. Right, and that's that's fine that that's what the intention was. But I'm just not into it, and I'm not feeling it. Like, I like listening to evil-sounding bands, but more in, like, a mayhem, chainsaw, guts fuck kind of way. <laughs> and that was not this. And so this is a classic case of me wanting this to be something that it is not. And I know intellectually that that's not a good approach to have, but I can't change how I feel about it. And when I hear this, I hear Glenn Danzig just carrying on, yelling over this stuff, like almost trying to capture a classic rock and roll type of sound, but like failing miserably because classic rock and roll had really good singers. And he is not. And so, yeah, and and I feel like the guitar sound is very atonal. Like it's just one thing. And I hate the way that it sounds. I hate the fuzz of it. Oh, see, I don't mind the fuzz at all. I like fuzz, like in a it, like I like stuff like Electric Wizard, that type of fuzz, like doom metal stuff. But this just falls into this weird gray area where it seems like I should like it. Like when you're describing it to me on paper, it sounds like oh, this could be really cool. Evil lyrics, punk rock frontman. But now you're wondering why is the guitar in the back and the drums are out front with Glenn? Right, and and the drums don't sound particularly amazing anyway. And as a metal fan, I'm definitely more of a fan of complex drumming, and this is not. I just don't appreciate his voice. I don't like the way the guitar sounds, and I don't like the the weird roominess of the drums. When's the first time you heard Sam Hain? I don't know. Maybe like 12 years ago. So it wasn't 1984? No. Okay. Not when I was in my 60s. No. Okay. Well, well just hear me out. It, it's, it's just like the same thing whenever uh, you have some you know, quote unquote, scary B movie from 1984. If you saw that in 2006 for the very first time, you're going to think that's just really fucking dumb and cheesy and not scary. It's kind of the same thing. Like I said, intellectually, I know that I'm probably wrong and that I'm clearly the poser here. Like I should appreciate this, but at the same time, I can listen to Black Sabbath records and really appreciate those, and those are massively dated. Well, that's because they're considered timeless. That's not a a, a B movie, you know. That's more like you know the, the Omen. Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, versus yeah, or The Exorcist. You know, it's it, that's seminal. You know, horror flick. You know, it's Rosemary's Baby. It's that kind of shit. You know, it's not Slumber Party Massacre, although that's cheese is fucking awesome i love that movie yeah it's great but you but you're liking it because the cheese if you don't like the cheese it's offered it's just like how a lot of people don't like st style pizza because the cheese that's on it is way fucking different well glenn danzig is way fucking different it it's it's kind of the same thing it's you're not saying you're it's not that you're a poser it's just uh it's the product of the times i think i'm a metal fan and that's not who this is for no it's not a metal it's not metal it's more you know, gradgy death rock with a with a little bit of punk thrown in. I guess that's kind of how I'd put it. Can you guys understand what Glenn Danzig is saying? The majority of the time, no. Doesn't he sound kind of like somebody else that we've talked about before on the show that just yells incoherently over songs? Insert name of punk rock frontman from the '80s. No, I was definitely thinking more like the Living Sacrifice episode because <laughs> that's actually kind of what Danzig's vocals remind me of. They're really? not. They're not as weird and like 
stop and take a second look as they were with Living Sacrifice. But it's definitely jarring because I listen to bands that have what most people would consider to be indistinguishable vocals, and I have no problem with that. But for some reason, it just really got on my nerves listening to Get Danzig Carry On for three records. In your mind, it's not fitting of the music? Is that part of it? It's not really fitting of the music, and it's not like the music is super compelling anyway. Again, it's really hard for me to put my finger exactly on what's wrong with this, and I think I'm what's wrong with it. I think I lack the context. Well, yeah, that's like I said, it's it's a product of of the time. See, you're another generation. There's a generational gap, and and that's okay. You know, some people some people would be what you consider old souls, and some people aren't. I I don't think when it comes to you know anything Glenn Danzig with his older stuff, you're you could consider yourself an old soul. There's not that attachment. There's not that nostalgia. There's not that desire for it. And that's fine. I mean, that's why there's so much music out there. This just isn't for Dan, apparently. Really, the only problem I have with this is I've heard older punk rock sound better. For me, this style of punk isn't just about having a microphone and making a noise. A lot of the classic punk rock singers... Iggy Pop. People call him incoherent, but you can understand him. I mentioned the Anti-Nowhere League. They're straight up barking at the microphone in a way that you have to understand what they're saying. The Misfits, you can understand every word they say. Glenn Danzig, he's kind of a mashed potato mouth at this point. Well, like uh, Old Napalm Death was kind of like this. Yeah. You know, a little like before Scum, like some of those old demos, they don't sound all that different than this. They just had the aggression that I think is lacking here. And again, it's annoying for somebody to slam something for not being something that maybe it was never intended to be. Are we going to mention Unholy Passion or are we going to save that for Final Descent? Because it eventually was released as part of Final Descent. Well, Unholy Passion I did listen to. And I think it's significant only in that it bridges the gap between that and the third album because in a lot of ways it's almost as if Danzig considered this to be the second Sam Hain album it was punk rock six songs was probably what they had or this is how much money we have in the studio and we're done yeah I, the other thing I want to mention going back to Nitium, I didn't get a chance to is that a, actually one of my favorite uh, punk bands from back in the day Minor Threat has a has a couple of uh members that are on that album no it's just lyle i'm sorry it's just lyle that's on it okay so let's get to november coming fire then yeah so like we said the unholy passion ep i think danzig thought was the second sam hain album especially considering that he named the third album sam hain three i thought this one was actually a step up from the first album the guitar sounds a little bit better it's a little bit more interesting I can't do shit for Glenn Danzig. He sounds exactly the same as he did on the first record and subsequent releases that he's been doing ever since. But this one had a little bit more of an eerie atmosphere to me. As an eerie Vaughn? Yeah, maybe that's it. But uh, no, I just mean like it sounds a little bit more death rocky to me with like a little bit more classic rock and roll song structure to it. But there is a little bit more aggression in this one too. The first album I felt like just was like really weak from an aggression standpoint. 
And again, this is a metal fan trying to make sense of 80s punk rock music. So your mileage may vary in how you feel about that, but um, I just like the way this one sounded a little bit more. And that's only in comparison to their first album. For me, I don't dislike this record. It's kind of like listening to the Ramones. Which record is it? Doesn't really matter. Today I woke up and said, I want to listen to Sam Hain. What did I grab? Sam Hain 3. Okay. This is what I'm listening to for the next 45 minutes. For the most part, though, it's most of the same. Did you listen to it twice if you're listening to it for 45 minutes? Exactly. <laughs> what is this, like 27, 28 minutes, something like that, I think? Well, this is for the cassette crowd, right? This is for I just want to turn up the music, be loud, and piss off my parents. This style of punk, the oi punk. It's the cassette tape. You have to have enough music to fill one side and then flip it over in your car as you drive by with your leather jacket. And I mean, if you weren't listening to what Henry Rollins was saying on that first Black Flag record, then you really weren't paying attention. What's interesting is I had a lot of trouble paying attention while listening to this band. Okay, I can agree with that. And that was one of my biggest issues is I couldn't really focus on it. And the annoying part about that is that I was in a car for an hour and a half to a job that was out of state. Not out of state, but out of town. So it's like an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back. That's more than enough time to listen to their whole discography twice. And I did. Because when a band only has two or three albums, it's pretty easy to just machine gun through them like that. I'm driving in a car and I'm still getting distracted. And I'm driving through like fucking God Forgot About Us, Missouri. Okay, so there's like nothing on either side. So God's country. Yeah, dude, for real. And like, I should be able to pay attention better during that drive. But when I'm listening to this, I'm just kind of like, okay, it's got a beat. Dude's yelling. I mean, I guess that's not a bad thing. He sounds and then like I me when down, he yells, though. That's a problem. And then I look down, and it's like 20 minutes later. I was like, oh, fuck, it's over? Shit, now I got to go back and listen to it again because I wasn't paying attention. And, and I fought this battle throughout the entire week. And it's one of the hardest discographies for me to get through. And it's only three albums and It's only long. three albums. and That's funny. And again, that's whenever I started developing the theory that I must be the problem because this band is beloved. But it's, again, one of those situations where it's the image of the band more than what the band is actually able to produce. Image over substance in this instance. I don't know. There's a lot of people that would argue against that, actually. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be negative comments like, Dan doesn't get it. He's a piece of shit. Well, musically, I I like it, you know. And there's Danzig's not being as Danziggy as he can be as he is on the third album, I would say. Well, even though this is Sam Payne 3. But you, you get what I'm, I'm getting at. It's not so off-putting. Going to change here shortly. What's off-putting about Final Descent, then? I, that, that little squeaky uh, thing he does with this voice at the end of every syllable. It just drives me nuts. Final Descent sounds more off-putting to me overall as a record. Oh, it, because and that, it is. That little vocal tick is a big part of it. But I felt like this sounded even more fucking thin than the other two releases. Because it is. I think this is by far the worst of the three. It's like biting into a fucking air wafer, you know, like you crunch into it, but it's like all air. There's like no cracker there. Or flavor. I don't know who this is for. It's not for me, I'll tell you that. Because this was released in what, 1990? Yes. And then re-released in 2001 with the Unholy Passion EP as one thing. Right, I mean, this is almost more of a demo than it is an album. 
The only real comparison I can make, though, to anything is Glenn Danzig must have woke up and decided he wanted to be The Doors. Well, this was released after Danzig was already a thing. Like, I know they're like old recordings or whatever, but it wasn't like a chronological thing. Like, they did, you know, the first album all the way through Samhain 3, and then he created Danzig, went on with that band, and then then this thing gets shit out in 1990. Like, this had to have been released just to fulfill a contract with somebody. There's almost no energy here. The energy is gone. Well, I don't know. I don't think it was, because I think this was still on Plan 9, which is uh, Danzig's own label, I believe. He's definitely in outer space. Plan, not Planet. Jeff didn't get the joke, Dan. Plan 9 from outer space. Nope. I'm a little tired today, so... Ed Wood. It's all good, man. <laughs> it's all good. This is hard I've to listen to. I've never seen Ed Wood. The band's we'll not wowing later. me with their amazing solos or guitar licks. They're not overly energetic on this record. And so it's really weird whenever I hear people like James Hetfield from Metallica be like, oh, yeah, man, Sam Hain. It's great shit. It's like, really? Did you mean to say Venom? Because I just don't hear it on this. This is like a loungy version of the first two records. He wants to be the Doors. Yeah, it's like a lounge singer. <laughs> yeah, well, and he thinks that he's like doing a really cool job. Like, I, I would love to hear the inside of Danzig's brain when he's singing these songs. Like, what he I'm actually. Fucking awesome. Yeah, like what he actually thinks he sounds like because we never sound how we actually hear ourselves. Yeah, because I probably think I sound metal as fuck and I'm just like a little bitch. Well, yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about that extensively <laughs> on the podcast, but that's okay. Um. Like Joe said, I don't know who this is for. It's definitely not for me. It's not my thing. If you're a Samhain diehard, then hats off to you, man. Don't let my shitty opinion influence your enjoyment of the band. I mean, it, obviously, I just didn't get it. I'll tell you who gets it and who's it. Who's it's for. Who's it's it for? Glendanzig. Right. It's, it's all for Glendanzig. Which, don't get me wrong. We're totally down to do the interview. <laughs> Anytime you want. <laughs> Final thoughts on Sam Hain. Jeff. Uh, I just want to interview Glenn Danzig's chin. I don't know about the rest of y'all. There you go. Does he need to be wearing corpse paint while you do it? Nope. It's impressive enough out on its own. Skin, chin, or nothing. <laughs> Dan, what about you? I think if you're into like horror punk, which I know this was supposed to be not that, like because that's what the misfits were supposed to be. But I think if you're into punk rock, you're into death rock and stuff. I mean, in 2018, you've got so many better options. And uh, I would recommend anybody that's a fan of this kind of music to really check out some, like, really cool doom metal bands because I think they give off the same vibe but just sound better overall. Our listener Daniel recommended this band. Daniel, not you, Dan. Different guy named Dan. I would not have recommended this band. (laughs) I want to hear what is nostalgic about this band that makes you want to listen to them. For me, I didn't grow up listening to Sam Hain, and when I listen to horror punk, I think of the Misfits. Even though he was in that band for one record, what they do and have done pretty much since he wasn't in the band is better than what he was doing in 1990 with Sam Hain. I haven't listened to all of Danzig, and I can't say that I'm planning on doing that anytime soon. But for this style of punk, there are better options. If you have to listen to it, or even if you're curious, listen to the first record 
listen to November Coming Fire. What you're looking for is in there. Dan, what's your album of the week? My album of the week is going to be He is Legend, Suck Out the Poison. Because that's what I kept switching to once I finished the discography for Samhain. Because I was like, I really want something gritty and kind of scary and fun. So I would always go with Suck Out the Poison. It would keep me awake for the rest of the drive. Jeff, what about you? Sec 2 is the name of the group. Gara is the name of the album. Jesus Christ, Jeff. Why don't you just text that to me and I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> it's really fucking good, though. If you like some good death metal, check those bastards out. They're good. For me, it's the Suicide Machines. Steal this record. Beautiful. I was listening to punk rock, so I figured I'd call out some punk rock. And on that note, this has been episode 91 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me my name.